This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews from the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider. This podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. BeatSource is the new digital music service for open format DJs. If you have not been on there yet, what are you waiting for? What are you doing? Go check it out, BeatSource.com, okay? We have got so much music, and it's constantly growing. We've got everything old to new, curated playlists of every genre by the best DJs that are just putting this stuff together for you. Um, things that you would never imagine on there, from acapellas to instrumentals to underground genres to mainstream, old school, new school. So head over there. Also, super exciting. We got BeatSource Link. It is now launched. And it is every week being integrated into new DJ software and hardware. You're able to DJ from the cloud, share your playlists, have your playlists in the cloud wherever you go. There is so much cool stuff. It's too much for me to explain. So head to BeatSource.com and check it out. Um, It is super exciting and it's constantly growing. By the end of this year, I mean, it's just going to be game changer um, what, what happens here. So that is what's up. Thank you, BeatSource. And thank you to my Beat Sorcerers, all my listeners that have been with us all the time. Thank you guys for rocking with us. Uh, I love this community that we're building. Make sure to keep in touch like you have been at DJ Spider on Instagram, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R. I love hearing from you guys. Um, continue to keep in touch and hit me with questions for the guests and all types of stuff. I love it. Um, and on to our guest today, a very special guest, someone that I was a fan of and did not know before meeting her today. Um, today on the show, we have a singer, songwriter, producer, DJ, and activist at this point, who I'm sure many of you are familiar with as well. Her past music has generated over 1 billion streams. That's right, B, 1 billion. She has sold out shows around the world. She's received award nominations, widespread critical acclaim across the globe with her for her unique signature sound. You, the second you hear her voice, you know it's her um, and her style. She's now releasing a solo project, which is super exciting, um, and it's more personal to her. So we discuss and get into detail on this episode about why she did that, what it's all about. Um, and along with that, we talk about her open letter to the dance music community about racial inequality, which is being supported by a lot of big names in the industry. Um, A-Track, Diplo, Annie Mac, Bauer, DJ Snake. So many people are supporting this letter as well as me. Um, I read it, the way she puts everything. She has, she, she illustrates the problems and then puts uh, ways that we can affect change um, and, you know, make this sustainable. So it's really smart, really cool. Uh, We also discuss her weekly DJ show on Mad Decent's Twitch channel um, called Aluna's Room and her dance renaissance playlist, which um, is on all the different streaming services, including BeatSource. you got to check that out. It's super dope. I've been streaming it. Uh, We also discuss the Black Music Action Coalition and so much more. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Aluna to the 20 podcast. Give it up for Aluna. Aluna, it's so nice to meet you and have you on the show. Thank you for being here on the 20 Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you on the show. I'm a huge fan of your music. 
um, the past stuff you put out and the new stuff you have coming out is really great. So excited to talk about that and then everything else you're involved in and pushing forward and um, just with everything. I, I've been reading so much of the stuff and seeing so much of the stuff you've been doing. Um, so I'd love to discuss it. Um, where are you located right now? I am in my room at the moment, <laughs> just <laughs> hiding from everyone. You know how it is at the moment with COVID, everyone's in the house. So I'm locked away. I know, I know. Do you, you have a family, like a kid and stuff too? Or? I do, I do. My my mom and stepdad are here as well. So that's oh, nice. amazing. First time since COVID began that we've that had is any amazing. whatsoever. I know it's crazy. I have a kid too, and my wife, and we've just been in here like three months straight, <laughs> twenty four hours a day. No parents, no babysitters. It's Nothing. Crazy. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, it is. But you know, there's there's good. We we get the a lot. Kids we love get some, it though. Yeah, they're for like, sure. oh my god, your undivided attention, amazing. I know. And anytime I look away, he's like, no, come here. Look at this. You got to see what I'm doing. I'm like, yo, (laughs) I've watched everything you've done for like the past seven years. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. My kid this morning was like, you know, she's just crawling, right? So most of the time you kind of feel like you should just catch her if she falls off a thing. But this morning I was like, you go, you do you, girl. (laughs) You're bouncy. you're, You're good. Um, so I was kind of, I guess, further away than normal. Right. Um, she's like happily going about her business. And then, but then she would like turn and be like, oh my God, you're still looking at me. Yes. I'm like, of course I'm still looking at you. I always look at you. <laughs> exactly. Never not looking at you. Yeah. That like for like the three seconds, I'm not looking at my son. Like he's like, no, look, you got to see what I'm doing. I'm kicking a ball. I'm like, yo, I, I've seen it. I, I, I love everything you do. Just give me a second to myself. I can't wait for the, I don't know why I just have this thing in my head that when they start talking, they will ask, they'll like call your name for your attention whilst you're looking at them like continuously. Yes, they will. So I'm just waiting for her to be like, mom, 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 mom mom i'm like yes 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 mom that yes. was last night for me yeah he was like dad 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 until it's like the biggest dad of your life you're like okay geez. <laughs> <laughs> um yes yeah, so family life uh we've been stuck inside with them um and you guys are what you're in la or you're in the uk or i'm in la at the moment yeah oh nice Sometimes we're in New York. Sometimes we're in London. So, you know, we move around. I know. And then we'll see how much we can move around with with the new updated COVID rules. Yeah. Not exciting, particularly. Oh, that's crazy. I'm like, can everyone just beat this so we can get back out to doing shows and stuff? Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Um, But the good parts is... um, streaming and different stuff like i was watching your show on mad decent um i know it was two nights ago but i was watching the archive of it uh yesterday oh Oh, wow Um, (laughs) a luna's room well i had it on i was like looking up stuff about you and then um i had it on in the background and actually back to my son again he was like you're still watching this like he kept watching you doing it like (laughs) we saw you pop under the table to like fill up your cup and It was entertaining. Even that was entertaining for some reason. You're like, no one knew where you went. And then you came back and we were trying to figure out what was in your cup. It was a whole thing. It was, um, 
the worst wine I've ever tasted in my life. <laughs> okay. You know, you know, like um, the rubber corks that you can get now. Yes. It tasted of that. I was like, what happened? Right. This I saw you say it tastes like rubber hard. tire. And I was like, is yeah. that good? Is she talking about like some flavor I don't know about? <laughs> no, no. I... I, I threw it down the sink immediately. <laughs> Your face. You were like, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I, you, like you made 10 different facial well, you know, expressions. You know, when, you know when you drink wine and you're not a connoisseur, you're yeah. like, well, am I, am I just being like an idiot? That's why I don't like it. Right. And so then you try it again. You're like, well, it, is that relevant? Because I don't like it. Yeah. Should I drink it just because I bought it and because I'm too stupid to know that this is a delicious wine? <laughs> exactly. That's how I feel. I'm like, this tastes bad to me. This tastes good. I don't know what's what, but that's so funny. Well, some people, um, I know some people don't even know you're a DJ or didn't know that you're, you were a DJ, um, but you've been doing this Aluna's Room show on Mad Decent's Twitch channel for like the entire quarantine or before that? No, for the entire quarantine, um, I don't really think it existed beforehand, necessarily. Um, right. You mean, did, uh, what, streaming, it. DJing as a whole, or? Just the mad decent, like, Twitch channel. Right, that's what I was wondering. Is now. Okay. It felt like, but, I, but they were very prepared, so maybe they had planned it. Um, I think they were planning the gaming aspect of it, because I remember seeing, I saw right. Diplo and Eric, the guy that runs, yeah. helps them run it in the airport like before all this happened a couple months and he was telling me eric was talking about how they were setting up this twitch channel and for fortnite and gaming but it seems to have coincided with everything and the live streaming and the shows almost perfectly yeah i mean i'd considered it you know um yeah i've i've spoken to a couple of people that were like oh i wrote a song on twitch last night i was like uh <laughs> why <laughs> who's watching that right um, but it, it's it's weird being in a world with people with such low attention spans and then doing something on Twitch where people stay for the entire show. I'm like, you're still here? Yeah. And you'll see that they're still watching because they'll comment and stuff. I'm like, wow, I don't think I've, you know, you only get that experience really at a live show. Yeah, it's true. You, you know, you go on IG and I watch James Blake go on to Instagram to do a performance. I think he started with like 3,000 views. Then something went wrong for like literally two seconds. He had to go off and then come back on. And he was like waiting. And he was like, oh no. So I just lost like 2,500 people <laughs> in the last two seconds. I was like, that's how it is. It's like, the attention span is like a whole different ballgame. But I also think that maybe Instagram isn't built for that. No, you're not, not at all. To, like, it's built for scrolling. You're not asked to uh, you know, stare at a picture for 10 minutes. Right, exactly. I think it was, Instagram was built for pictures, like you said. And now everyone's like, well, I want to stream. I want to DJ. You're cutting us off. It's like, I don't think they were made to do that. No. But if they wanted to, I do think they could make the streaming you could still have the sound going in the background while you're doing something else. And I think that would keep people on the streams longer for Instagram. 
Well, that's an idea. <laughs> I mean, who knows? <laughs> I think, well, with Twitch, I like to be able to do that. Like I'll be watching or for example, I'm watching your thing, but then I can go on my phone, write someone back, do an email and then come back and still be part of it. And it's not like you were sucked off to something else. Or, you know, when you're in Twitter or Instagram or anything, you have to be stay inside of it. But Twitch, you can still move around your computer or phone. So I think that helps. Is that what you do? You <laughs> kind <move> of. <laughs> I move around, you know, here and there. I want to know how to like um, have other things happening in my Twitch. You know, like because gamers can have their game, their video game happening and then their face there too. I know. Well, it's a whole thing. I mean, it you know, with OBS thing. and... I've seen people do some insane stuff on Twitch at this point that I'm like, how the hell are you doing that? I had to like research it after. But I mean, after the initial learning curve, yeah, I was like, I am not expanding my knowledge any further. I refuse <laughs> to learn anything else. <laughs> right. My corner, the corner of that, that, that corner, the DJ corner has like 100 wires. Like that <laughs> if I need like, and like somebody suggested like we should do it on the balcony i'm like i am not moving that shit anywhere if i have to unplug that shit one more time and replug it back in <laughs> i'm gonna kill someone i know if you could only see like what was right here next my whole streaming setup is here and it's just all wires it's the all worst thing wires. ever and i'm and like i want to move like, it what do i should i just grab a whole bundle of them and do this <laughs> <laughs> sure. i know yeah, he wanted he wanted to do Dude. the live streams with me for like the first couple of months, which well, was fun. Actually, exposing you, child, people <laughs> will love you, but then you will hate me as an adult because your entire childhood was taken over by social media. What? No. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's crazy. Who knows how this is? Social media is obviously horrible and good at the same time. <laughs> I think there's so many good things we can do with it you know um obviously that's come get out of famous. all of this <laughs> get famous get famous <laughs> no but we can spread positive uh things and teach people and s similar to what you've been doing you know the open letter that you put on your instagram and mm -hmm. that billboard just picked up and wrote about and i definitely want to get into info about all that stuff too um, but I guess before we get there, we can talk about the DJ stuff a little bit more. Um, like I said, like a lot of people don't know that you were a DJ or thought maybe, you know, you were just a singer or made music. Um, how long have you been DJing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, five, four, six, five years. Nice. Maybe six years, maybe six years. Okay. Um, I started learning how to DJ because I knew I was going to start getting those requests that artists get to right. do a DJ set. And I had people going, oh, don't worry about it. You can just do, an, do a, a Spotify playlist or, um, yeah, you can just um, do it on your phone. And I was like, what? use is that to anyone right like right you can go and just keep pressing next <laughs> or, yeah or you can let it because because spotify you know when you listen to a, a playlist there is no time between the last song and the next song right right so it yeah. feels pretty se seamless yeah 
Um, but the reason I decided to learn to DJ is because when I see it, when I'm there and I'm watching a DJ and I see them get excited about whatever is happening, whether they're about to mix into a new song or they're in the middle of a mix. Um, and that's the part for me that makes, that connects with me. I'm like, Ooh, what's coming? <laughs> And also it's, you know, it's really like when you, when you get into beat matching where you can kind of uh, do like a live mashup of two songs that happen to go together, that's a beautiful thing. Um, and I just feel like whenever I'm doing something, I need, there needs to be excitement for me. And so when I started learning, I mean, it was, I was like, when I started performing and stuff, I've never felt anxiety and nervousness like that because um you know it was a brand new skill and the competition is huge when you start actually DJing if you're not DJing you're fine you're like I'm an artist don't expect it from me right um but if you're trying to like pull off real mixes and stuff like that and yeah. you know you're gonna and then start also there's a whole world of like styles you yeah you can be I'm trying to, I'm trying to do all the things, or you can be like, I want you to not know I'm doing this, which is my go-to. Right. Um, the not know you're doing it. Yeah, like I'll, I'll have people like wondering what I, what it is I'm doing up there because it's smooth as hell. Yeah. And it, I didn't really go in for the like make it look like I'm busy. I, I felt that pull. And I was like, you know, like, what's the next um, transition thing I can learn? And um, then I just was like, well, what do I enjoy? Like, I also want to be at the club too. I don't want to be busy the whole time. Yeah. Transitioning. <laughs> hot buttons, hot buttons, hot buttons. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I need to drink my wine and eat my pizza and dance. So, and really, I'm not here to add anything extra to these songs that I've already decided are fantastic. The The time I spend is hours and hours and hours of crate digging. Yes. Yes. And well, no, we could tell. I mean, through your sets, um, like you said, it was real smooth to listen to, super eclectic and like learning about a lot of new music or you were putting in samples from stuff like, oh, this is the sample from Fade or, you know, this is an old dance song. It just, you know, it was, your DJ set was dope and I think that people um, have a tendency if they're people are watching them to try to do what you said. Oh, hot buttons. Oh, I'm flying a 747. I'm doing so much stuff. You don't need to do all that and especially if you're picking music that means something to you that you want to share with people that you're vibing with. I think people will relate to that and just that's the cool thing about Twitch too is that we're all listening to music together, you know, in the same way that it's a live thing. It's not like, okay, I'm watching this YouTube show. What are they about to do? Um, and I, I think that's important and DJs get caught up in like they're staring at me. But if you're like you said, all the research you've done, you're, you're like sharing all this music with them that they can look up. Even on your thing, I was like shazamming a few of the tracks like, OK, I got to get this. You know, what is this song? Yeah. And the, the thing is, I just I what I would say is like that's just the difference between me and a, and a DJ DJ. Right. Um, 
I already have an artistic outlet as an artist. So um, really DJing for me is an educational thing. It's a fun thing for me to enjoy and look for new music and then really just share that and showcase that yeah. uh, as opposed to showcasing my skills as a DJ. Right. Um, because like, and so I don't know where that puts me in the world of, of DJs, but I'm not trying to compete with the the sickest DJs out there. You know what right. I mean? Like, cause that's a yeah. whole different skill. And, um, I just have other things to do than to learn that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You already My learned. My work is done. If you found new songs that you want to go and put in your, in your phone. Yes. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that's like what I'm saying. I was listening. I was like, Oh, what's this? I got to get this. And then seeing your playlist that you made. Cause I know your set on mad decent this week was, um, part of your dance renaissance, um, movement, right. Where you're making this playlist, um, to, to go along with it and everything. And you had picked all these songs specifically to showcase black artists that in the dance community, but within all of the genres. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was cool. We, I ended up having your playlist on shuffle just like all day today, you know, this morning, like having it on and hearing all the different stuff on there. And, um, yeah, I think it's DJs. They're get, even the sickest DJ, like you said, or the skilled DJ, everyone has their specialty. So some people are beat jugglers. Some people are scratching. Some people like doing the crazy blends and some people are all one genre. So I think everybody, even within people, you know, my world where we try to hone our skills all the time and, oh, you can do this weird scratch. Like we still have our specialties within there, you know, and it's still good to be well-rounded. I think that sometimes people, DJs like that can lose the musicality within the, all the technicality. So it's good to kind of have both. Um, do you have any influences on your DJ styles? Like people that you've watched where you were like, oh, that was great. Like she did this or he did this. Um, I, th um, I guess there's just moments where I've seen um, a female DJ looking looking like she's really vibing off her own set um and really at home in her body and at home in that position yeah um and at the same time giving me uh music that has a certain i mean obviously men and women are different and the the types of songs that I believe we probably gravitate to have different effects on the body. And yeah. sometimes I feel like the effect of the the musical choices that women make uh, speaks to my body a little bit better than, than a very kind of male testosterone driven energetic level of the music. Um, so what I do when I'm, when I'm choosing my songs is I, I'm really picky. Yeah. Um, and so like, and it's, it's, it's difficult because when I'm trying to expand people's minds on, uh, on music, especially dance music, I struggle between like, let's put everything in there. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't like everything. 
Right. And I don't, I can't dance to everything. So in the end, it just has to be, it's it's really, those police playlists are really about me and my, I call it my dance Yeah. It has to pass my dance test. And occasionally something will get in there and I'll make the stink face. I'm like, what am I playing? How did this get in here? <laughs> ole, ole, ole. Take it out of the playlist next time. But that happens very rarely. Right. What a song that just doesn't speak to your danceometer. Yeah. <laughs> Got to have. You should have. You need to implement that on your Mad Decent show. You just have a danceometer, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh no, this isn't hitting it. It's going down." <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if it was like unconnected to my own mind. So I was just watching it come from my body, like, oh, you know, you, yeah, you know how like, like, you can. You can, you know, monitor your heart rate yeah. if you're watching a film or something. Right. You don't realize that your heart rate's going up, but you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> you're like, my I brain picked this. I find this scene very exciting, apparently. <laughs> my brain thought I would like this, but my body hates it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can try to try to implement like, that. You can okay, have a little so sensor. For example, <laughs> I decided in my brain, I was like, I am going to mix hip-hop and drum and bass it's gonna be so good no one ever does that do they hello there's a reason for that it's terrible my body was like what the fuck are you it was it was absolutely mental i was like i was never never been so appalled with and and what i had done is i'd already put all these songs together like by look like looking at them i was like right that yep this is this math mathematical equation is, is looking great i love it and then like got on the decks and practice and was like <laughs> trash the whole thing i mean it's definitely an acquired taste drone bass with hip-hop uh together what it's, to me it was like come on the bpms half time double time half i know i think just me personally, I have a weird soft spot in my heart actually for specifically mixing drum and bass and hip hop only because when I first started DJing, I grew up here in LA and I would go to all these raves and some of the first DJs I would see was this guy R.A.W. and this this guy DJ Trance and um, and that's what they would do. They were they were playing, playing drum and bass and putting hip hop acapellas over it. And I was like, Oh my God, I'd never heard anyone do this. And then I heard this guy, DJ hype in London and he was doing stuff like that. And it, it was kind of a thing. And like, I remember when I first started DJing, that was my mission. Exactly what you said with, with vinyl too. So, and I didn't know how oh, to mix you, very well. And I would try to mix all <laughs> hip hop and drum and bass. And funny enough, I could never get women to dance. <laughs> <laughs> So I think like 20 years later, you're <laughs> proving my theory. <laughs> you're showing my my downfall. But I learned a lot <laughs> through that time. I have all these mixtapes. I was like, I'm doing it. I'm going to be the one to do this. And I'm like, and no one's, and I was like, no one's approaching drum and bass from the hip hop perspective. I'm going to scratch it. And then, yeah, nothing. And then I remember getting, someone asked me to do an 80s party. And it was the, really the first time I had DJed for like a big group of women instead of just a bunch of dudes that were like smoking weed like yo bro play wu-tang and then i was like what do i do i don't even have 80s records i'm all on vinyl too at this there's no serato you know so i remember taking whatever money i had buying eight whatever 80s records i knew and i went to the party and played but all 
women were dancing and it was like my brain just like opened i was like oh my god this is what djing is for like i didn't know this part of it i thought it was just for me to scratch and playing with my <laughs> friends and play weird music and mix drum and bass and hip-hop and people get mad at me <laughs> and so that kind of opened my mind of like oh okay i'm here for other people too and to relate and express and have people dance and and that women do hear things differently than men i didn't know i was probably 18 at the time you know i, I don't know i'm just in my own body and what i know you know so it does teach you those type of things <laughs> music yeah. and djing and i suppose that's why i'm so interested in the dance genre because on the whole it's very balanced between the sexes um, right everyone can get it in their body i don't know if it's like what if it's something to do with our normal heart rate or something that it's about like us it's about traditional like dance round music about tempo. double double our heart rate right right it's like between 20, 120 and 1, 1, 140 right um and you know other other genres sort of generally hit not in those categories i don't know is that too scientific is that a little <laughs> bit like when you say like me and you are in a relationship because we're biologically attracted to each other because our smells right <laughs> uh yeah it's a, the pheromones of music you mean <laughs> <laughs> the pheromones of music amazing where did we just go cancel this conversation line <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's Ignorant. you know, I think dance music well, dance music has the simplicity built into it that the human beings like. I think a lot of other music The human beings <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying people like how you're saying all people like, you know, can relate on dance music. <laughs> I don't know if we're are we still talking about women? I don't know. Like, I, I just would be at the club and um, I know you guys don't really want to just be in the dance floor by yourselves. What, guys? Yeah. No. Well, ma maybe drum and bass you don't guys, even but... dance. Right. You know what I mean? And, like, that's, that's no good. But you will if we're here, if we're there. Right. Well, I mean, that's always been my goal you know and a lot of djs i know is like get the women to dance and get you will the be good women to dance. <laughs> get everyone to Come dance you know. but yes that's the that's the vibe we go for um well so speaking of dance music and what we were talking about before um i know you published this open letter to the dance community i read through it it was so interesting i read through it multiple times because there's a lot of stuff to take in and try to you know process and acknowledge and remember and and mm -hmm. um i you know it, w it was really interesting and then i like how you had parts of how to affect change and and sort of a solutions and then your your playlist going along with it um can you tell us a little bit more about that that open letter and what you're trying to do with that yeah, I mean, I think really it came from um, listening to the music that I had made when I had decided to make dance music, right? Yeah. And one of the criteria I had given my permission 
to explore was do I like it? It's my danceometer, right? <laughs> um, and 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 I had to be really open, otherwise I just wasn't going to be able to make music. So I was like, you know, Aluna, you can draw from all of your cultural influences. You can draw from any type of dance music you like to dance to. And because I was in in the creative process, I wasn't judging it at that point. So I had fun, da 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 da. So yeah. then I've got this body of work, and I'm like, well, but have I created a dance record? Because that track is more kind of dance hallish, and then that track is more like sort of like Afrobeatish, and that track is like more like what's what even is that one? And <laughs> that one's more kind of reggae, and 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 well, this one's house music. That's good. Okay, we've got house music there, and and I was like, well. Can it just be a dance record? Like, what? Why? What's happening here? And um, on the one hand, I had my personal, I guess, fight—you could call it fight—that I was going to have to do to like break into the music industry as a black woman, not as a featured artist on white men's music. Right. And I was like, "Well, let's go, girl. You can do it." Um, uh, which. <laughs> At the at, at a certain point, I'm, you know, when the George Floyd um, reaction happened, I was like, well, maybe I doesn't have to just be about me getting it my foot in the door. Maybe, maybe this is bigger than me. And like, why am I? What what exactly am I fighting against? Like, let's look let's look at these things. And that's where we came up with a kind of um, actionable subject of the the DSPs. Um, and the, and the way that the genre is organized, and obviously, most most of all of that is is based on the what we call the status quo. You know, they're not inventing the genre; they're just saying this is what people, the people, whoever their target market is, are saying is is the type of dance music that they consider dance music. And I was like, well, there's something a little bit not working with that because on the ground level of just parties I would say more parties and clubs you know festivals tend to book based on listenership right yeah they're not necessarily trying to be the cut on the cutting edge of music right that right in my experience so that's not where you find it everything everything opening it's where you find the kind of the the very regimented kind of traditional stuff that's currently happening so but you know djs and clubs and stuff are really really listening to all different kinds of dance music from all over the globe um and people are dancing to it. So I'm like, so that's dance music, is it not? I mean, right. Why isn't it dance music? And then I was like, and hold on, dance music was created by black people, black and brown people, the LGBTQ community in Detroit and Chicago. And and so so this is the picture's just not quite right for me. I, it doesn't make any sense. And I and we know that even like like white and black people are 
looking for fresh sounds in dance. Otherwise, why are white producers now again appropriating different beats from different cultures into their music to, yeah. to freshen it up? Because it's hella boring and just linear and just like uh, no one wants to listen to it anymore. Right. Um. So I was like, but that isn't okay. Like we need to, <clears throat> in the mainstream, um, celebrate both the history of dance music we need to celebrate what is literally happening right now with dance music in other cultures that is uh basically the future of dance music but we don't need it on the fringes it can be on the fringes it can be underground it can be in different cultural pockets but it also has to be accessible to the average person just going like, I feel like dancing today. You should have all of those genres available without crate digging like I have to do. I'm right. a DJ, so I'm fine with it. Like it's, you know, 12 hours to find this music for one and a one hour set. That's yeah. great. But the average person doesn't have time for that and they shouldn't have to. Yeah, I agree. And, and- I mean, you have so many good points in there that you said. And I think that um, just as far as dance music, I mean, that's it's always been that type of thing. I remember being in, in Las Vegas when they said, oh, you know, dance music is the new thing. EDM, play EDM. And you're like, OK, what is that? Electronic dance music. So I would play a super mix of everything, you know, from trap, Moubaton, house music, electro, like all the genres, you know, and they're like, oh, you're doing way too much. Like, you know, no one wants to hear this stuff. You know, they just want the main pop ones. And and that's the thing. It's hard because as a DJ, the crowd sometimes just want the basic thing and same within those playlists. But I also think that there's room as DJs and as DSPs and as curators and all that to, even if you give them the basic stuff, sprinkle in the other stuff introduce them to it you know and 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 present it in a way where people can learn about it and accept it and and um bring it into their life rather than having to search for it like you said yeah and i what i really want to see is what happens when for starters black producers feel invited to experiment within the traditional lane of dance music. Yeah. Um, that'll be very interesting to hear. I mean, as well as including all of these other subgenres under the banner. Um, because and that's just a personal thing for me. I want to see I want to hear that music. And I'm hearing um I'm hearing it in Africa. I'm hearing it from some artists in america in the uk but it's still being it's still disappearing into the corners of the music right playlists right and i just i just know that people are looking forward to hearing that whatever that is i mean i'm doing some of it myself yeah um which people haven't haven't heard yet because i haven't released um i've only released two tracks that I, I, I do think that might be the future of dance music, quite honestly. Is sort of a mixed 
bag, like an eclectic version of dance music, right? Where you're not just, okay, it's 120 BPM, somewhat house music type song. Yeah. And I think that we will always want the separation of the genres um, so that you can get a whole pl- playlist of EDM because that that is a style of music that's lovely, fun to, to dance to. Right. Um, so I'm not suggesting that the whole thing needs to be one big melting pot. But there are these playlists above the subgenres that bring you the, the, the hottest tracks. And that's where I feel it, the diversity needs to, to be increased because um, an Afrobeat house track, an Afro house track should be able to follow the lane all the way up to the top because in my opinion that is a mainstream sound Uh, yeah i agree but it's it's crazy because a lot of the um big dsps aren't even in some of those countries in africa you know like i had dj spinall on the show and um he's from nigeria he puts out so much amazing music we were going through spotify and apple and stuff and they didn't even have you know he's like oh man this is like old old stuff or they don't even have all the good stuff like we have to get it on youtube or you know beat source the company we have we have a lot of it and the and the person that curates that section i think does a great job but it's it's crazy that the biggest like they're already at a disadvantage if they're not even on those big mainstream platforms that are supposed to be worldwide. Yeah, so I'm guessing it works by if your actual country has to, because I don't know what does, like, because you think of these things as globally accessible. Right. Actually, it'll it'll know where you are. It has location services, right. things on your device. So it'd be like, you're not from the place that we serve we service so i i don't don't know what that's about i guess it takes time for something like spotify to become global like that right Um, or is it not on their priority list and is that something that needs to be addressed who knows because that's what we talked about with him we were like why and he's like i don't know there's no (laughs) reason Why, why would it not be like you you said that's the future of music so much amazing music is coming out of there and it's not just one thing like afro beats it's one tempo and one it's all over the place you know the the music coming out of there so why shouldn't it be um you know big in those countries and and spotify and that have a presence you know so i think apple music is doing it i know beat source but i think more pressure potentially needs to be put on the dsps to have a more of a global presence or something yeah um yeah and i think they're listening yeah me too i think they're listening and the, the reason i believe that these different genres um different subgenres should be brought into the mainstream is one it's a way to support those artists and two from what i'm hearing the music that those people are creating will be appropriated by white producers into the the mainstream dance music that we're going to be listening to in the next 5 years right and what i don't want is for there to be a continuous rep- repetition of history 
Right. You know, appropriation is very damaging if left unchecked, you know, because, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't need to explain that. I don't think why it's damaging, but it's also unstoppable. Right. Artistry is, is, is a form of appropriation, but what a lot of, what it, when it works is when you pay, give credit to where you're sourcing from, because as an artist, you enjoy being grateful for the gifts that you have received in order to continue your creativity. Yes. And to create space for the future that is stable, for the the source of the music that is being appropriated to also have its own um, audience in on the same level that, the rest of the mainstream music is. Yes. I mean, maybe I'm being an idealist, but I don't care. <laughs> <because> <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. I feel like in the same way that hip hop has been just so wonderful for everybody, you know, white people and black people love to listen to hip hop. Um, there are white rappers making money off of doing doing hip-hop and that seems to be more okay because there are also black artists who are making money off hip-hop and the 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 balance has worked itself out i don't know yes but i i i and so i want to see that for other genres of music that are as much created by black people as hip hop is. Yeah, exactly. If 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 a black person or someone has created a style of music rather than like you said you're saying appropriating it or or somewhat being influenced by it and imitating it, but people don't know where you got that sound, it's better to somewhat like give that person credit, make that person the king of the genre and then or or collaborate with them or bring them in on your project or give the credit somehow, you know. Um you you know, you know what I mean? Like that, that exactly. There has to be an act, active, like non-appropriation or in a way or active, like giving credit or I think the spreading of knowledge too. like in the same way you were just on your show. This is a sample Kanye took. This is what it's from. Things like that are helpful. You know, just people learning the history of music and where things come from and then who's putting stuff out and that playlist you have you know like like loonies you know like making those crazy trap songs that then everybody imitates you know but he obviously came up with a lot of these ideas first and then keeps pushing forward and then it's like he's way ahead in a way you know um it's just one example you know in the trap world like that and i i just i just think it's unhealthy you know I, as an artist who at the beginning of my music career knew that I was going to stay in music until I don't know I would die or whatever <laughs> right as opposed to hoping that I get big one one year and then I can go and buy my house and enjoy lolling around my pool um <laughs> it it you you I personally think of music as something that has to be cared for as an industry um, you care for the future of it and to to have um, the way I the way I could see it going is that 
dance music was going to continue to kind of go down this route where it's getting cut, the air is getting cut off, you know? Yeah. I've been hearing EDM is dead for the last five years. Right. Because in 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 the um, in the record labels that's that's what they're talking about they're worried they're like what is the you know what are we going to do and white executives are speaking to their dance music producers and being like go and look at the brazilian by funk go and go and look at the afro beat go and get your new beats okay come on and right. i'm like that isn't the way to make a healthy industry yeah you, like yeah no it's more like if you're going to do that potentially collaborate with those people use your platform to bring them out and introduce them to new people allow them to you know like have a different audience to to play to and introduce each other to stuff you know maybe rather than going to copy copy their sound and stuff you know yeah and ultimately like um we do a lot of fighting and that is important to address inequalities and create an eventual balance. But one of the things that I think is really enriching for people to experience is a moment, and this is what music often does and has done through history, is a moment, one night, one weekend, whatever, where people from all different cultures do come together and feel unified and harmonious and dancing again like i was saying it brings the sexes together it will bring different cultures together but they it can't happen if it's so segregated yeah if you've just got afrobeat parties and everyone is black and ultra music festival and everyone is white that's not how we that's that's not giving the, the 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 people anything to work from how do we know what it's going to look like to be a multicultural society if we don't get these little moments where it was like we were all rubbing together and it was just it was easy it was light it was free it was right. love um and i'm not seeing that enough when i perform yeah well i think business plays a big role in that you know i mean there's at the end of the day, things like Ultra or these big festivals, it's being, people are meeting about it in boardrooms and going, okay, what's the bottom line? Sorry, it's just business, just business. You know, it's very, it's almost like you need to have free volunteer DJ parties where people can just come together. <clears throat> There's no business underlying. There's nothing. It's well, just for the music. You no, know? you can't get rid of business. And this is why I took this angle. A festival, sh- you know, everything is a business. Uh, countries are businesses. We yeah. cannot get rid of business, right? Everything. But you, if you're going to do good business, you have to be aware of what the future is that you're creating because your business is never going to disappear. So you have to be a long-term thinker, even if you only want your business to make money for the next five years and then you're going to cash out but someone it it doesn't work that way and so if we want eventually festivals to be booking based on business then the 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 listenership 
has to be more multicultural already. Right. And then all the festivals have to do is go, all these different types of people listen to this music that is also very open culturally and racially. Um, so when I when it's just obvious and automatic for me to create this lineup that is diverse on True. this dance in the dance tent. Right, right. Like I'm not I, I don't I don't really believe in in making things hard for people. It's yeah, it's just it's yeah. asking too much. Right. Well, so then what are some ways that we can put it into action through business or through the DSPs? Um, I know you mentioned some stuff in the letter. Can you explain it to people? Um, well, when I think of a, a nice um, change that I would like to see, I would like to go, I'd like to be, uh, I'd like to have, let's see, I've got a spare 10 minutes. I want a, a new playlist and I want some new music. Um, I, but it, I want it to be upbeat. I want it to be dance music, right? I go to Dance Electronic. Or, and that's no longer dance electronic. It's just dance. Yeah. Click on that. Okay, I've got uh, I've got some EDM. I've got I've got the Afrobeat playlist. I've got da 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 all the different subgenres all together. But um, there's also the the main kind of marquee playlists like Mint and Dance Rising, and there I get two or three of the best songs that came out that week from those subgenres all mixed together in that that right playlist. so it's not fully like okay afrobeats this is the biggest song in afrobeats this is the biggest song in Mumbaton, this is the biggest song in latin trap or whatever it is take those ones that are at the top of those or the most listened to and filter them into the main marquee playlist so the people that are I don't know if I would call them lazy, but if they just want an easy way to go listen to dance music, they will have, they will be listening to that stuff whether they know it or not. And it won't just be, they won't just be being fed the basic, almost fake music or, you know, standardized, like easy to digest songs. It's a mix of everything and they'll show them how dance music as a genre is an actual vibe rather than a tempo, right? Or, or a certain sound. Yes, and the added benefit of that is that those, like every subgenre, dance is a subgenre, right? Because there is no genre, uh, <laughs> there's no one music genre, right? Right. So technically, it's a subgenre, and then there's subgenres of dance. But right. everyone's or holy it's grail. Like everyone's holy grail. Let's be honest: is is getting into the pop lane. No, mm -hmm. pop isn't a genre. It is music that became popular and you right. feed into that through the subgenres. Yeah. So if you're not in if you're not being fed up to the subgenre of dance, you're not then getting access to exposure through being channeled into, into pop. And my concern there is that again, you will hear the beats on white music in pop but you yeah. won't hear the real artists who created those beats that those beats are being pulled from yes so there's no i don't want i don't want it to be a continued reality where an afrobeat song has no lane to become a pop song right unless of complete random viralness 
yeah, like super random, not like the other songs that will get on New Music Friday or or whatever playlist each DSP has that can automatically give them millions of plays, which then can automatically put them in front of the right festival bookers or potential whoever people in those positions to then give them shots to play at festivals or collaborate with people or make songs for movies or whatever it is. So like you're saying, it has to be so random for someone to find it in that playlist. So if they were in the more mainstream playlists already, that's filtering them into the business model that is then used for the future stuff. And it can make it more sustainable, make people um, rather than just a flash in the pan, like, oh, they had that one song and then no one's going to check for them again. They can have a more sustainable career and, you know, the sound can organically filter through not by appropriation yeah i think that's great um and i mean i think that um are you're gonna do your playlist with beat source right or have you done that already um I, yeah i think i think the, you're yeah um just we only just really started talking about it this week so well that'd be great i think that's a good on start its way at least. or it's already happening yeah well, because our site is very DJ based, you know, and I think, like you said, as DJs, we've realized that, yes, we can organize our music by hip hop, dance, you know, like these very structured genres. But now when we go DJ, that's not it. You know, the the crates that I use in my computer and, and stuff are more like vibe based, you know, like we name them by the feeling that it's going to evoke you know and give people or the type of place that i'm going to you know like rather than here's i i do have an afrobeats playlist but i hardly ever go into those i just i will go by the vibe and and organize my tracks like that and i think that's the future of things too is that the genres always need to be there but they're somewhat antiquated now that everybody has access to so much music all the time yeah i think that's um I don't know how we got there, but I, it's an autom- it must be an automatic and natural progression for people to, in in a night, be taken on a journey. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's some of the best DJs I've seen is that there's no genre. You know, someone like Giles Peterson or something where I was just like, what did I just listen to? I just discovered so much music. I went all over the whole world, you know, yeah. um, and and yeah, there's there's. I just think there's a but lot. I of mean, DJs I like guess that. what I'm saying, not to be contrary, but um, I rate my my dance songs are very highly. Yeah. And when I'm playing a lot of the songs, like I I would say that dance renaissance as a playlist is the maximum expansion level of like I'm pushing my dance to right to the edges. Right, I'm being very. I'm being as open as I could be, you know, yes. because I'm I'm putting in songs from the early eighties right. all the way to now, and I because the, because of the specific aim of that playlist, but like, yeah, when I'm honing it down to like, you know, these actually what if I, if I was talking about what would go into the the mint playlist or whatever. I'm talking about very commercial dance music. And when I say that, I mean an Afrobeat song 
that is completely not weird, not you do not have to be educated in Afrobeat to love it. It's just infectious as like any any other piece of dance music. Like that's what I'm saying. I'm like, this stuff is not <laughs> underground sounding music. Right. I Because there you are mean. certain under you know, there's a, a whole underground scene and there's a certain adherence to a, a particular sound that's been trying to be preserved. Um and I'm I'm not talking about I'm not talking about that. Right. I'm talking about no, just I, like I know anybody mean. would love this. Yes, like anybody would love this, but the people that are in the position to put it out there on the big platform are not doing it because they look at it through a different lens for some stupid reason that doesn't make sense. Right. Got old, it. old, uh, old ways. Yes. Need to update. <laughs> I know. 2020 is the year of updating uh, from our hygiene to our mental mind states, obviously. And like I said, nobody likes to be late on these things. Yeah, exactly. It's very shameful to be late, especially when you see, when you call yourself a tastemaker or, you know, a platform that is supposed to be on the cutting edge. You have right. to stay on the cutting edge then, and it means you have to push push yourself. Yeah, but I think people are worried. A lot of people get scared and, and they're like, okay, this is what I'm known for. This is how I'm accepted. You know, if I do anything weird, uh, it'll... Right, but if you're going to... If you if you as a platform, as it were, are going to take over from places like SoundCloud and wherever there was the ability to be on the cutting edge, then you have to include that in your business model. Yeah, Or I you'll agree. become old and irrelevant <laughs> true you got to listen to the youth and so um well so that's like something that sites like beat source and spotify and um all that can actively i think implement and going forward you know continue to change stuff um and help out um the and then your like your renaissance playlist will that be something that you're going to update constantly and get people to subscribe to like on all services possible yep yeah, um i'm going to be updating that i think we put like 50 or so songs um, yeah. up this week um and i think i've collected a good amount to go into into the next few few weeks and I'm wondering if this sort of like the changes, what I'm hoping is by the time my, the, the batch that I've created is kind of running out or whatever. Yeah. There'll be like this whole, there'll just be too much music and I'll have to catch up and like re, re-up my, my game or someone else has done a better playlist or you know what I mean? Like, I I really hope this is like a temporary um, fix for some kind of long term changes. And of course, I will I will always be here doing my danceometer crate digging. Um, <laughs> I wish but, we had and, a danceometer like rating for each track that we could see. <laughs> down well, the list. you know, Recordbox has that capability, but I don't have time for it. <laughs> You can like rate, like, is it four stars or three stars? I'm like, oh my God. 
I already have to list these songs in key order and BPM. Like, what am I going to do? Or else I tell you how I'm going to dance-ometer results. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm interested in your dance-ometer. My dance-ometer <laughs> is, is, is I, I keep it at a yes or a no level. Okay, that's good. Um, I think that's an acceptable dance-ometer. Like, when people come up to me, like, play see, something can, I could dance to. I'm like, you can dance to this. You're just not doing it. <laughs> Well, I, I'm lucky. I have, I, um, it, it, I have a low tolerance for dancing because I maybe because I was raised in England. <laughs> I think so. You guys are so much more open minded to dance music and just music as a whole. Yes, but not necessarily to dancing. Okay. Um. So, like, I, I am the type of person who I'll be at the club and I'll be standing, and someone's like. I mean, it's dance music now. It's dancing time, and I was like, "But this song isn't making me dance." They're like, "Well, can you do can you do the fake dancing?" I'm like, "Absolutely not. That is an utter waste of my 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 body's energy to be like huh, you and me dancing, huh, dancing." Oh, me, ooh, ooh. I'm like, that is for people who can't dance. Okay, so I'm either yes. dancing or I'm not dancing. And I can't do anything about it, and I'm not going to try. Yes, that's a good, good way to put it. And and the playlist also has like, I mean, are you going to take stuff out of it or um, just keep building it? Because like you said, I saw it had stuff from the '80s. It had like Vic Mensa's one of his first songs, which I love <laughs> that song so much. I can't believe he's never made another song like that. Well, this is why he's never made another song like that. Who is going to take that uphill road? As a black person, essentially, if I'm putting it in really bad bass terms, yes, right? Why are you going to be a black person making white music? Nobody wants you. Black people don't want you, and white people don't want you. So you must be crazy, right? Right. <laughs> the I only mean, people who are connecting with me on in a in a fully relatable way, where they're like, I understand what you're saying, are like black people who have tried to make dance music and seen what that is actually like right i mean um coco and breezy just put out they're putting out a song to tomorrow and they were like we weren't even going to put our faces on here because we know what people how people will judge the music oh right if they see a black person on the cover of that they'll be like it's not really dance music though is it right which is just crazy yeah, so, I mean... So whether or not Vic Mensa wanted uh, creatively or not to continue that, he certainly wanted to do it once. And I can't really see why he wouldn't have maybe wanted to do it twice if, right. the, if the environment that he was working in was welcoming that. Because yeah. that's the other... That's the part... The part that I'm probably talking about the least is where a black person actually wants to make EDM. Right. Because that's a personal choice. What I'm saying is that that's just not even, even an option. It was, it was like too far in the distance for me to even make that fight. And what I wanted to do is make a healthy environment within the industry so that if there are more people like me who do want to do that, it's not such a controversial weird thing to do mainly by spreading the history of dance music which is black history and i think that'll just just that has had an effect on me 
I didn't know that shit. Right. You mean like the history of just from Detroit, Chicago, and like that kind of stuff? Yes. And then when you go backwards from that, you know that, you know, those influences, it was black people by being influenced by all the black music that we've ever made. Right. So that does include all the black music of the diaspora that has continued parallel right and because it's located in different places in the world but has been you know not included in in the do you see what i'm you see where i'm going this full circle and so there hasn't been what they just that what 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 gets me is that there just hasn't been the 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 continual exploration by black people of a genre that they invented with other music that other black people around the world are making, which is a natural thing to do in music, but it just hasn't been happening. And I, and I don't want it to only happen with white people. I'm not telling anyone what they can and can't do, but I, but what we're sort of saying is that there are certain things you can't, that black people can't do. Right. And, and that should, and that the, environment is not connected enough or open enough or out there enough for them to even know that there are people that are going to like it and accept it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I remember sitting in the back seat um, of, no, I actually, wherever I was in the car, it doesn't really matter. But I was talking to a black guy and we were on the way to a disclosure show and he was like, mm-hmm. Loki, I actually really like disclosure. I was like, shh, don't, tell anyone <laughs> he was like ha yeah i know we got there and it was like see a sea of white people and and he's like backstage so he's not even out there and then um i decided to go up uh into the into the vip section and have a look and i was like it's like oh my god who is what's happening down there there's a circle and it's like oh there's a black guy he's oh he's dancing by him, he's dancing by himself and he's surrounded by by white people excited. This is so weird. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, how does he feel? I mean, he's in the right. zone because he's an exceptionally zone person. Like yes. you have to really be a zoner as a yes. black person to go to an entirely white show and get dancing. And not, yeah, and everybody's around you and they're watching you and you're like, I just don't give a fuck. And they're like, yay, <laughs> do it. Right, I it's love, weird. I, love, I mean, I love watching. yeah, it's like it's like it's fine, but um, can you imagine how exciting it would be if like half of those people were black, and it didn't feel, and then like you know, <laughs> I just, that's the future I'm picturing. Yeah, well, Where I it's think like, it's a future. It's okay to watch Disclosure as a black person. It's also okay to watch, and, and then you know, insert black artist here making dance music right people can go there too black people can go there too sounds normal isn't normal right i think that's a lot of the issues that we're grappling with you know in in all the in our society all over the place i mean it's just that some of us know what should be right but it's not happening and we're trying to come up and at least finally now we're trying to come up with ways to actively i think combat it and talk about it 
and not just let it be this thing that gets you know swiped under the rug like we all like music everybody's the same you know like some (laughs) very basic like hey who sees color what is you know it's like no this is the year that like obviously not it's not like we're solving every problem now but at least conversations can happen whether they're uncomfortable or not and people can question things that they've never questioned before which maybe is good for them you know what i mean even someone like disclosure someone that obviously gets a lot of their influences from black artists and stuff you know i I don't know what their take on everything is but yeah i think that this is this is a time for that and i think that what you're doing is really important and um you know everybody coming together to promote that music from djing to these playlists to um stuff like that and then i know you're part of something the black music action coalition which is another thing um uh that you're part of to push to to enact change and push things forward um what is that all about i started following on instagram and i was reading through a lot of the stuff but i wasn't sure that's a much uh larger and broader scope um um organization that has only just started and so um supporting me was one of the first examples of what they can do oh cool so um they'll be kind of focusing on different areas of the music industry and supporting voices in order to to find out what the changes are that are needed in, in sort of lots of different areas I think one of their goals is certainly to tackle something like education, for example. Right. Um, you know, one at a one at a time. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see what kind of areas they they move towards next. Um, they have a really great balance of industry people, artists um, of all different walks of life. So it should be. Um, a very balanced kind of viewpoint that's cool yeah i think exposing i mean we're talking about kids earlier like exposing kids to all kinds of music and educating them young i think is important too because i remember learning about music through my life but you only learn about the people close to you what they're playing or showing you you know and and your brain doesn't really open up to music the same way, you know, when you're younger and then when you're a teenager and then when you're older, I think you hear things differently. And, um, you know, I think it's important to just keep exposing young kids and giving them the opportunities to show them about making music and different stuff. That's what I try to do with my son and and anyone that I'm around. Um, and that could help, you know, I think just open their minds from a young age so they don't hear it later in life. Like, what is this? I'm not even into this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it for sure. Like I guess I had a musical education from from my mom um, that consisted of like you know ten CDs. Yeah. But they were African music, reggae, Van Morrison, Etta James, disco, best of disco. Um, Bill Withers or whatever. So, but she's a unique human in that she traveled the world. Right. To bring me that education. Yeah. Um, and it is effective, I think, but, um, you know, the education system implementing things is, is, is no joke. Oh, yeah. So, 
I personally think that the uh, interim education system will, will be the media. You mean the media will play the role that the school education yeah. is leaving like the void in or something? Yeah, yeah. like if if we can completely normalize just, for example, the black history of dance music, you know, let alone the history of racism. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that really, really needs to come through the education system, you know, something like that. But, you know, when we're talking about dance, you know, dance is... is it's a consumer product of joy (laughs) so um really i feel like you know the media can can go can make great waves in in spreading the word um before we 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 make it into you know some kind of curriculum for kids right especially when kids aren't even at school right now you know what i mean like i know (laughs) um Yeah, that's true. Um, as far as your new music, I know that um, people know your your other music um, as Aluna George, um, which was you collaborating with another person. But your new music is just um, solo coming out as Aluna, right? Um, what led you there to come out this solo album and make these tracks and you know have it be more personal? It was the one area I tried away from for my whole career. And I I take each challenge one at a time, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've, I f- feel like I fought a lot of battles throughout my career. And I was looking for a new one. That's I was like, great. what would scare me the most? Being a solo artist? <laughs> It's not just that it would it's that thing of sourcing all of my cultural influences you know being a multi biracial cultural person is um complex and um I certainly haven't been hearing music made up of all the places that I am from um and i was fearful of producing it because i was as as you can get worried like worried about that nobody wants it and it won't be it won't work because you can't mix that with that why do you think no one's doing it yeah um and it was a gift it was a gift to myself i was like i've done i have provided so much music now that is just like tick yes banger or pretty or whatever i was like well all right let me do that whole thing where you do something for yourself as an artist without really caring what anyone else thinks i was like huh? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> so that's why uh, that's why I did it. It's great, and 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 so yeah. I mean, I guess I understand now. Like you said, it's not just being a solo artist; it's truly tapping into who you are and showing people that, rather than just a, not that the other stuff you made was a surface dance track, but in the same respect, where you're really trying to you're being a solo artist. You're not Aluna George. You're not collaborating with George. You're 
you're, you're a Luna, you know, and you're showing yeah. people who that is musically, lyrically, all that stuff. And I mean, I, I think it's great. I listened to the two new songs like a bunch of times um, and I was trying to categorize it in my head and I couldn't, you know, which I think to me is good. You know, it wasn't I was like, oh, yeah, this one's kind of like a house. No, it's not. And and <laughs> because at first I was like, uh, no, oh, wait. And then I'm like, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's like funk. I mean, the S.G. Lewis, obviously, he has that funky vibe that he does in all of his track, like musical productions really dope. But the way your vocals are on the tracks, like it doesn't really fall into one genre. And I feel like it does sort of express all of your musical influences in a way. I know it's just the two songs, but I listened to them and got like different feelings through it. And, and it really, um, I don't know. They're great songs. It, it, you can't really classify them. Um, they're just sort of up tempo funk dance based, you know, <laughs> kind of a combination of everything, but they're yeah. great. Um, so yeah, I can't, I mean, I can't wait to hear all the other stuff you're going to come out with. I saw, I know you're coming out the whole album on Mad Decent, right? Um, yeah, we haven't announced that. Um, oh, okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can cut that out if you want, but. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, well, um, the two songs are on Mad Decent that you have out right now, right? Yes, and the, yeah. they're great. I love them. Yeah, and I'm um, working on, uh, working, working on some music. We'll be we'll be releasing like new tracks like pretty regularly over the summer. Dope! I can't wait to hear. Um, and um, the I saw also like on your Instagram, you've been um, having different resources uh, for people, like this Google document that you put um, for people to read about the history of Black music. And um, I bookmarked it on my thing, and I was gonna maybe add a link in my bio on my Instagram for that too, because some of that stuff was so interesting and I don't want to forget. I want to learn about it. I want to pass it on to people. Um, so definitely everyone out there go, I'll put it in the, my bio, but and go peep her Instagram. Um, and it's like, there's so many amazing articles that you'll learn from, even if you're a super music nerd, I think you'll learn a lot from this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny to call it, you know, history because that's like, that has the connotation of it of things being kind of boring but i've never had so much fun than reading oh, and same. watching videos of, of i'm like i've been addicted to it so um <laughs> yeah same it's the I've, only part that was, has been boring for me is editing my own writing i'm like oh i've read this 800 times <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, listening back to your own podcast or editing your writing or any of that is really oh not fun. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's been so much fun just learning about parts of American history I didn't know, parts of black history as a whole, parts of all types of history, music history. Like, I've learned so much in this past three months and I share it with my wife and some stuff with my kid. I mean, he's so young, I'm not going to like, you know, there's only certain things I can slowly creep into showing him but it's um yeah it's the best like like you said it's not boring history it's fun history and i think that's something that could be implemented in the future like we look at history as boring because we're learning some bullshit that who knows who wrote this shit like is telling us you know what i mean like this is the stuff you need to know like you know we don't even know the history of our own family a lot of the time people were around all the time you know we probably haven't even heard all the stories so how are we going to know 
stories of people we don't know in history and time and then who's deciding what we'll learn or not yeah i mean i definitely would get would switch off after sort of reading a first paragraph that you know we use the word primitive i'm like <laughs> right the end <laughs> i cannot deal with this i know uh, it's well, so offensive <laughs> it's like read more about this really offensive viewpoint and you're like I no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna throw that in the garbage. And then, Thanks. and then, just you know, like reading about an entire empire without being told, like, where where did you get your money from, by the way? Right. It's wealthy empire. For so how? Okay, you so you just wealth? Yeah, you just had the money from nowhere. Okay. Right, exactly. And, I mean, that's been some of the amazing things to come out of even these, the protests, some of the, the videos I've seen. I mean, there's some of the most amazing, you know, touching uh, things I've seen, you know, and like powerful stuff. But just seeing like people come into these community meetings like, you guys don't want to change the name of this. Oh, oh no. Like some guy like my family fought under this Confederate flag, you know, uh, for our land. And then the guy's like, who was working on the land? Who built that farm? You know what I mean? The guy's like, oh, uh, well, my, my uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like they don't even understand the what people have gone through to get to this point. You know, people don't know the history. And, and I think they they're scared to learn it or accept it or just. You know, they everybody wants things to go back to normal. And it's crazy having all of this stuff go on during the COVID and the corona thing because all anyone wants is to go back to normal. But within all of it, we are changing and we're not going to go back to normal. And there is no normal. And hopefully there is no normal. You know, fuck normal. Like, we need to keep yeah. progressing. Otherwise, like, the wrong people are going to win, you know. And there you have it. <laughs> that was well, such a good uh, way to wrap things up. <laughs> Don't let the wrong people win. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, well, so we, we're really looking forward to all the music you're coming out with and all of your activism and everything. Um, where can people find you online to follow along with all that stuff? Um, you can still find me at Aluna George on Instagram and also Aluna. So I have the two things going all the time because um, they they're yeah. all they're all they're all they're all spreading the message. Yes. Um, and that's where I kind of genuinely will post something for, for starters, um, and then uh, I'm pretty much on Mad Decent Twitch on every Wednesday evening. And um, then, yes, the playlist that I'll be continually building will be on Spotify uh, uh, and BeatSource and um, <laughs> whoever else wants me to sort their music playlists out. <laughs> yeah, we got to get it on all of them. But yeah, BeatSource for sure. We will support... I mean, we're going to support all your stuff. And I think that playlist is huge. And the cool thing about the playlist on our site is that they can be immediately saved into the people's DJ streaming hardware and software. So you could, your playlist could be immediately something that a DJ could experiment DJing with, you know? Right. Um, so I think that's cool. Are you going to continue the streaming show like Aluna's room um, after we go back out in the world? Do you think? Um, I, th I can't see why not. I, I think it might evolve. Right. Because uh, I think 
people might want to see me DJ live more than oh, watch me on a TV. Yeah. I'm hoping. You could stream that. <laughs> you could stream that. Um, yeah. It's, it's who knows what the future holds with, with the online streaming. Like, what are we going to do with it once we're allowed out? I know. I don't know. We'll see. I hope it continues. I, I hope it's just another avenue now that people can do and people can see you spin in a place that maybe you never have before or might not go to for a long time. Mm, that's true. So like it that. could be something or some weekend you're not booked. You could do your own little stream or big, big stream, whatever, you know. A Luna Fest. A Luna Fest. Let's go. I would go. I mean, I would name. definitely watch that. After that is your... a terrible name. It's not happening. <laughs> It's not necessarily the best name, but I think you would have good music. Some of, the, so. some of my Twitch um, crew were like, it's a Luna day, it's Wednesday. I was like, that's okay, but I don't think it's going to catch on. <laughs> it's not a great sounding day. <laughs> a Luna I mean, day. the Twitch people just come up with random sayings that they go with no matter what. I, I feel it. like that's like part of the crew. That you're like, I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about, but I'm into it. <laughs> And it was great speaking to you. Thank yeah, you, so you much too. For me. Yeah, Aluna, thank you so much. And uh, thanks for being on the 20 podcast. And we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. The 20 podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. Join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. Peace. And that was the 20 with DJ Spider.